Welcome everybody to Leading to Sales. Today is our Monday edition and I am very excited for today's episode because we have a very special guest, Mr. Raul Hernandez, and, I, and we're going to dive into a lot of um, very tactical things that Raul teaches, and we're going to be talking a lot from his book, Productive Profits, The Founder's Guide to Scaling Your Impact, uh, which I don't think I know any founder that doesn't want to do that. Um, but we are going to have him back here in just a moment, and I will look forward to talking to you right after this. Welcome to the Leading to Sales podcast. Every week, we're bringing you leadership, sales, and marketing strategies to help you move your business forward. Here's our host, internationally known sales and marketing leader, Brett Williams. Raul, welcome to the show, man. How's it going, Brett? It's awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. I know that you've got a lot of people you're busy helping right now, so I, I appreciate you for carving some time out of your schedule. I'm excited for this, man. Absolutely. It's going to be good stuff. Um, so, you know, one of the things that I really have loved so far in, in reading your book, Productive Profits, um, is as I'm going through this book, you really lay out what I would say almost step by step the roadmap to, um, I would almost just say almost like running a company, kind of like it's it's a little bit of 101, 201, let me walk you through the process. Um, and so I would love before, actually, before we dive into this, see, I'm so excited to dive into this. I'm just like going <laughs> headlong. Um, before we dive into this, um, introduce some, introduce yourself, tell people a little bit about who you are and what you've got going on right now. I'm Raul Hernandez. I'm over in San Diego, California, and I help business owners create certainty in their companies with a holistic approach to growth, which is productive profits. I love that. I love that. Just create certainty in their companies. So tell me what that means to you. What does, what does creating certainty mean to you or to the business owners that you help? <laughs> well, I mean, when you're growing quickly or you're growing a team or you're growing your impact and you want to be able to ex uh, expand it or quote unquote scale that, meaning economies of scale, um, there's a lot of uncertainty and entrepreneurship is in by its nature uncertain. So when you want to be able to have certainty around the team, certain around actions, that things are being done correctly, that your team knows how to do those things, that you're creating you know, operational excellence as you continue to grow and you have fun along the way, that last portion is very important to me, that you enjoy <laughs> the ride, then you start to have this momentum and that momentum in itself creates certainty. So tell me how you ended up in this, I don't want to call it a niche because it's not really a niche, but how you ended up specializing in this area of productive profits and scaling? Almost by accident, really. So, I mean, if uh, we started back in 2012, we look at, I was a college kid at that time and I was looking what to do because I was actually growing up to be in design or animation uh, in my early career. And I actually emailed, I think from my AOL email, I think it was either DreamWorks. <laughs> but, hey, if you remember what those like those oh, yeah. email domains are, um, I think it was DreamWorks and a marketing or not a marketing, but an animation manager. Because I wanted to get into that field. I was pretty good at graphic design. I love design and just creating cartoons. And then I saw um, down the street of me in San Diego State, students just like me or kids, as I would say, uh, were growing companies and they were creating impact by. Uh, one was a, an eyeglass company or sunglass company and donating 10% of the proceeds to cataract surgery, um, solo eyewear. And I got to meet the founder, um, Jenny. And at the time, that helped me create exposure to entrepreneurship as a path. Um, I applied and got into a program, which uh, was called the Lavin program. And that program is pretty much only like, 
I would say half a credit or even one credit. If you in the college terms, that's equals nothing in terms of, yeah. your, it's like nothing. <laughs> uh, I can guarantee you that that uh, one credit two-year program, because it was like 12 kids out of the whole school, um, was worth every experience for 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 whatever you pay for school whatever it was worth yeah. every experience it got me to be front-facing exposure of what entrepreneurship is i learned how to paddleboard with the co-founder of volcom hung out with the founder of taylor guitars like, had opportunities wow. to go see ralph rubio and the ceo of costco so lots of cool stuff to be uh, exposed early on um, and then from there it's just failing forward and failing fast uh, different companies taking incubations um, successful company 2016 but uh, we moved along from there in digital marketing and that's where I really got behind the scenes of uh, the digital wave and seeing how companies grow and helping them grow. That's so awesome. That's so it's, it was really almost by, uh, I guess you could call it the thin thread of happenstance that you kind of fell into it, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's, it's funny man, because yeah. it's funny because my background is in engineering. Uh -huh. Um, and so I did a lot of it engineering and then now I'm, I'm more in the marketing realm and it's it, it, when people are like, wait, 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 you were an engineer and now you're doing marketing something, something's not right. Um, but I love in going through your book. One of the things that I loved is that, and this of course appeals to me because I've got an engineering background is <laughs> it, it feels like you think in systems. Um, and systems and processes. And that's one of those things that to me, it just, you know, as a former engineer, and I'll call it as a recovering engineer, um, <laughs> it, it just speaks to my soul. Because when I think of marketing, um, I think in systems, but so many people think of it as this very amorphous um, art that, mm. you know, on, only those marketing gurus or geniuses can really understand. Yeah, yeah. That's really um, interesting. That's an interesting concept because I remember early on like battling and understanding the different uh, modalities of thinking of, oh, you're super creative or you're super analytical. And I don't like to split people that way, but I know that from my background and my experience, I come creative first and I see how we can create, if you want to call them systems, but we'll create a certain process to approach that the best way that we can to make it easily implementable in your life. Yeah. So when you're, when, especially in today's environment. I mean, obviously everything is digital when it comes to scaling. The majority of the companies that are thinking of scaling right now are thinking in the digital realm. Mm -hmm. um, what are you seeing are some of the common obstacles that people are facing, whether it's internal or external, that are preventing them from being able to scale the way that they want to? That's a really deep question. If we really break it down at the last portion that you mentioned, the way that they really want to, because I've noticed and even having guests on my podcast and talk about how they rapidly grew their companies is that you need to start with the design in mind and going with like the productive profits framework. It's always around clarity first of where you want to get to, why you want to get to that and what does that actually look like? And then when you have that end goal in mind, and it's not just monetary, it's definitely taking into like recompense, like your team's lifestyle, your lifestyle, the type of impact that you want to create and the type of work you want to be doing. It's like, what does that actually look like when you design that correctly, then building the buildings and the infrastructure to get you there? It's, it's not easy. Nothing really is like easy, but it is simple. Right. And when you focus on only very specific things. I think that's the key ingredient. And to answer your question, it's focusing on too many things and not focusing on the right things. Okay. Yeah, no, I could see that. And that's, you know, I can even say that in, in my journey of entrepreneurship, I have seen, I feel like it's almost like a weekly battle, if not a daily battle of having mm -hmm. to stop and think, okay, now hold on. Is this really what I need to be working on or working in? 
Mm-hmm. Um, and what do you think are some of the things, you know, that, that founders end up, you know, in, in whatever areas that they end up caught up in that is often not productive? What are some of the most common things that you've seen? That's a really, that's a huge question because there's, it's, there's a lot of distractions. So going back to like the sales and marketing or the, the portions that matter, it's focusing on too many channels at once or trying to be everywhere all the time. Or, hey, Clubhouse just came out. We need to get a strategy on there. Or, hey, you know, my audience is moving this way. Like, if you focus back again on the basics and the principles and double down on that, creating your voice, creating, persisting through it, um, my theory, and this is a theory, um, is that every single plan that you create is going to work. It's just the fact that when we conceive a plan, we conceive it in one point in time, but we exist through time and we have to live day by day. It's when we no longer take action on that plan or get distracted that that plan actually dies out. We can pivot and move and iterate, of course, but the plan in its essence is probably a really good plan. Just stick to the plan and stick to that focus and not to be to like hit hit a wall and just keep hitting that wall but iterating and pivoting as needed. That's my theory. Every plan is actually going to work. It's just seeing it through. I love that. So, so here's a good, I don't even know if I should probably go up this, go down this, this rabbit hole because I don't want to hit you. I don't want to blindside you with something here, but (laughs) let's bring um, it. (laughs) Let's roll. Let's just see what we come up with. Um, That's when the best content comes out. Um, And you've got your big cup of coffee just in case we, uh, (laughs) we're going to do some roadblocks here. Um, You know, you talk about, every plan is going to work. Um, and let's, you know, let's attack it, attack every plan from the, what I would call the, the presupposition that, that success is inevitable. Um, Mm. is there a point when you're looking at plans, you know, especially when you're going in and you're helping these businesses that are hitting those walls, is there a point that you say, you know what, this plan, this is not the plan to execute right now. Mm-hmm. Um, is that just a prioritization thing of maybe you put something on the back burner for a while or, or have, are there things where you're like, Hey, you've been trying this for six months. You're not getting any traction on it. You just need to, you need to scrap that and try something different. That's a really smart question because on the back end of that, you need to, you need to have what I call the five pillars of heroic leadership. And one of those is to have uh, kind of my sanity check and yeah. to have a sanity check, you need one trusted advisors, either your team, board of directors, or even a coach or a mentor or whatever. And two, you need to have metrics. So we're going to take strategic actions based on real metrics that matter that I, that our company that we care about. And then from there, find out, is this in line? Does this fit? Or let's say, for example, this is a real world example. Hey, sales went down 60% this month. What happened? Uh, well, the sales team had the right structure, the right organization that they needed to do. Were they held accountable? Were they doing the right things? No. Were they actually showing up to the trainings? No. Were they actually following the script? No okay, well, it's not that the plan is wrong. It's that it wasn't actually followed and we need to fix these four, three things and optimize because when you start optimizing, you start improving. And when you have something to measure to optimize, that's where we really start. I love that. When you start optimize, you start improving. Um, start optimizing. When you start to optimize, you start improving. I'm, I'm literally taking notes here. This is money. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, oftentimes I can see, and I know that because we're in such a, uh, environment of change right now, mm-hmm. um, you know, between a global pandemic and, and, um, social 
changes and, and there's just so many changes yeah. that everybody's being hit with right now. Mm -hmm. um, I see so many people kind of taking that step back and going to the going back to the basics. Mm -hmm. um, so apart, I mean, like I said, obviously pick up Raul's book, the productive profits is the thing that I loved about this book. And I think I started to go down this rabbit trail before I even let Raul introduce himself <laughs> is, um, he not only gives you the mindset behind each of his steps, but then he gives you at the end of each step, um, an action guide or an action map, excuse me, um, is the word that he, or is the wording that he uses. And it's, I love that it's you're walking people through a process that in my opinion, if they follow it, they're going to have deliverable or they are going to receive deliverables from your process. Mm -hmm. So given that so many entrepreneurs at various levels right now are having to take that half a step back and say, okay, let's go back to the basics. Let's make sure that we're where we need to be given these huge changes in the environment. What are some things that they should really hone in on and consider when they're doing that from a macro perspective? I want to give you the strategy that really is going to help everyone. And it's applied everything from within the book and all as well as what your business needs today. You need to identify your operating KPIs. So I call those OKPIs. And those are the leading indicators that you have full control and influence over. For any company, especially the company that I work with, there's no more literally than 12 to 15. And that's for multi-million dollar profitable companies. Um, if you're a smaller company, there's probably six to nine, but really it's going to be around nine to 12. But okay. those operating KPIs really are for you to focus. What can I do today? Who is doing them within my business? How is it being done? Where are we measuring? What's our goal? How can we improve? And how can we create excellence in the way that we do these nine to 12 things? Wow. <laughs> well, that's it, guys. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's been great. I hope everybody got what they needed because I did. I'm going home. <laughs> that, I mean, that is amazing. That's, those are, it's just, it all, it reminds me of the, um, the Steve Jobs quote. And I'm not, I'm not even going to try to say that this is a quote because it'll be the, the paraphrase version of it. But he, <laughs> he talks about simple can be harder than complex. Because mm -hmm. it takes work to keep your thinking clean. Um, and then he talks about the power of that. And it sounds like that's really where you specialize around is helping people simplify the thought process of what, you know, from an, from the perspective of, of a current entrepreneur, the, as, as we would say in Tennessee, I are one, um, <laughs> from the perspective of a current entrepreneur, it's very easy to overcomplicate our own thought processes. Exactly. And, and, I, and I love that you mentioned that because that's actually, um, I use that quote in actually in some of my materials, but I also get that feedback a lot of how can we simplify this so that it just works. Um, I like to, to focus on the essential truths or the, um, the elements behind activities or the elements between, you know, if you look at philosophy, nature and stuff like that, just finding the essence of an action or the truth behind it and just nailing it down to its core essential and then just taking action on that. And again, that's where I go back. I believe every plan that you create based on the right metrics, the right guidance can and will work out. It's up to you now to, to really go in day in and day out. And that's where the real beauty of what I call the struggle begins. And it is a beauty because it's an opportunity and an opportunity to every single day show up and say, I'm going to improve this one thing that I should have not should have done yesterday or should have not done. 
yesterday, but today I'm going to improve it every single day, focusing on that. And if you are allowed to do that within your team and sharing those core values and have that commitment, you create a culture where momentum is almost a given, but also momentum together, you can really drive real impact. It's amazing. I, I just wrote down a culture of momentum. Um, I, and I'm actually going to add and impact because I love impact, but impacts a bit of a buzzword anymore, but I just love what it really means. Um, so tell me, you know, from obviously we're, we're mostly speaking to entrepreneurs because those who are leading the charge within their own business, uh, entrepreneurs and leaders are mm -hmm. going to be the ones that are going to be able to affect a lot of this change. Yeah. Um, but you know, if we're speaking more to those who are, um, in more of like a VP role in a larger organization, you know, yeah, how, yeah. how do they look at this? Uh, maybe are there differences or do they just look at it the same way in order to affect that same level of change within a larger organization or within their, their portion or their role in a large organization? I love that question because of one, I haven't been asked that question before. And two, it, it's uh, it transcends. So the, the reason that my made productive profits uh, based on elements or principles is because it does work if you're a leadership chief of staff, if you're a VP of sales, uh, CMO, if you're an operations manager, and those names actually are the names that have helped, right? So those are the titles of the roles. So it does give you that perspective because let's say you're running in, um, your department and the department's, you know, 20, 30 people. That within that department, you have certain goals and certain aspects of what success looks like. And the same elements of getting clear and what that is apply to you and how you can apply that to the overall business goals. When it comes to the second portion of productive profits is what I call evergreen flows is how do I create the implementation map, the guide to really drive this, this vision home through optimizing the machine yeah, that's within a business like functions, systems, et cetera, to optimizing organically my team, their day, their experience, their focus, how you can do those two things and proactively do that. Even if you're a VP of sales, even if you're a chief of staff, even if you're an admin director or an ops director, it's going to help you really take that ownership and say, hey, you know, we can do this and we can create this like our department probably to beat out every other department, because if we do this successfully, and have the cycle going, that's that's my goal. The last piece of productive profits is synchronization, is taking that home and really applying it. Because if there's the number one issue that I've seen is the leadership component. It's yeah. we have a good plan, we know how to do it, but how do we lead and drive home? Because humans are amazing, we're also very interesting and things always come up. So how do we effectively do that through time, day in, day out? helping our teams thrive and really seeing our projects through. And we've really focused on that in the synchronization part where um, I teach you know, heroic leadership to really focus on how do I set the stage? How do I create the experiences? How do I facilitate movement? How do I empower others? And it's really important to see yourself as that leader and seeing that you're there to serve the team to fulfill their work because that's where you're really going to do your, your best work truly. Yeah. And then just focusing on driving that growth. And it's, again, it's a cycle. It's not just a one and done I ran this race and it's over. It's cool. Let's go to the next one. Let's go yeah. to the next one. Let's keep improving. So as you're doing that, you know, and, and he's, again, he's referencing the parts of this book, Productive Profits. You know, it's, again, you want to pick up a copy of this book because you're getting Rawls brain for, I, I can't remember what I paid for it, but it's, it's worth it. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> just make sure you pick it up. Um, so when you're talking about those evergreen flows and the synchronization, you know, I know that 
one of the things that I'll sometimes tell people if they're like, oh, well, we've already got some flows in place or, or we've, we're already, you know, whatever the case may be. I'm like, well, you know, if you put, if you put a bad process on Evergreen, then it's going to be a bad process. You're just going to continue to get bad results. Mm-hmm. And so how is it that um, when you're looking at those KPIs and as you're building, because obviously things change. I mean, if there's one thing we've learned in the past 15 months or however long it's been, things change and they do so yeah. constantly. Um, how do you how do you give it leaders advice, you know, to be able to make those pivots or to determine whether or not they even should make a pivot as mm-hmm. those things are happening? So I'll, that's a two part approach, I suppose, because the first thing is this is not a set it and forget it. It's in my notebook in my binder and I'm going to store it away. And then, you know, we'll never yeah. look at that. You know, some books mention it's going to take you six months to create, you know, your procedure map and it's going to put it in a binder and then you're going to put it away. I'm like, no, that's not, that's not how I roll. We need to move fast. We need to move efficiently and we need to be agile. Yeah. So when you do this, there is a process for continual updates and there's different factors that you need to be having a pulse on and giving ownership to the actual director or manager of that specific action. Some of those factors include market changes, um, sales needs changes, marketing changes. The other changes are going to be in regards to new technologies. Every single year, there's something new that can evolve and we can incorporate. That way, instead of saying, hey, this new technology is new, how can we use it? It's saying, hey, this new technology is here. Should we implement that for this specific action that we're taking? Can it improve what we already are doing? And that way, you don't have to have the overwhelm. So the market changes, technology changes, team changes, or even goal changes, the changes of the actual organization. So there's all these different factors that you need to make sure that you have a pulse on um, if not, you will become extinct and ancient. But that's the whole point of um, creating one page standard operating procedures. Even if it is two or three pages, having one condensed view, not a thousand page manual or like a 56 page, uh, what is it, a Google Doc? Yeah. Like, We've been there. We've all been there, right? There's the table <laughs> of contents. Oh, this is entered twice. Oh my gosh, where's it? Just keep it simple. Keep it uh, formatted what's important. And when you start on just making progress on the essential items within your company because right now we're talking about a lot but if you just start taking action again on those six nine twelve things that are important those are the baby steps that really create momentum and that creates uh like a a habit of success like hey i actually accomplished this what's next as opposed to always being behind as opposed to saying i'll do it tomorrow as opposed to saying hey we can't do this because we we're under budgeted it's these micro commitments micro habits that really build up and then you'll actually make that traction like, oh, wow, I can't believe we, we actually did that in you know three months. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that you've actually offered for those that are tuning in, um, and if you're tuning in on a podcast, don't worry, this will be on the show notes page um, whenever we uh, once we post that. So one of the things you've offered is to help people um, or to, to provide people the resources that they need to produce kind of this core operations worksheet. Um, and before I even put, before I even recommend or mention this specific URL, um, I just want to mention that one of my favorite things about Raul, since I have met him is the name of his actual company, which is do good work. Um, I, there's, there's like so many layers to that and, and I'm sure he's all, he's very well aware of all of them, but, um, it's, as soon as I saw that, I was like, I like this dude. I don't know who he is. I've never met him before, but I like this dude. <laughs> so, um, you have offered for anybody who's tuning in, who wants to, um, if you will, uh, distill down some of their procedures, a worksheet and training 
um, at dogoodwork.io slash essentials. Again, that's dogoodwork.io slash essentials. It's scrolling across the bottom of your screen. If you're watching um, on any of the various social platforms right now, tell us a little bit about this worksheet and, and tell us um, why it makes sense for people to go through it. So just like you mentioned earlier, the simplicity. So the worksheet, the cooperation worksheets takes down what we just discussed of those operating KPIs and helps you align what are those operating KPIs and what are those habits that are associated to it. And why I say habits is because these are things that happen day in, day out or weekend or month or every two months. But essentially the habits either done by you, someone on your team or a machine. And when you're able to distill that, you can say, okay, let's say sales and marketing. You know, my three main habits for sales and marketing, for example, is paid ads, let's do LinkedIn, and then perhaps, you know, podcast, right? I should say that's your, your three main habits. Who does them? How is it being done? How can we perfect this? And within this training, I give you that worksheet. And again, you can either create this on a piece of paper or you can create this on anything, but worksheets just tend to, you know, be easier to, to manage. Yeah. And then within that training, I go step by step how to create, you know, pretty much operational excellence within everything that you're doing, how to identify those core habits, how to show your team how they can influence your company's bottom line, and how to have you as the owner or department head, have an instant pulse of any specific portion of the company that matters most to you at any given time. That's amazing. And so that's, again, Riles has offered that for free. If you go to the dogoodwork.io slash essentials, you've got that um, accessible. And guys, I mean, here's the reality. Um, we're in a time where these principles that Raul is talking about, they are becoming more and more important because in my opinion, and, and I'm sure you could, you could give me your two cents on this as well after, after mm -hmm. I say it, but because of the speed with which everything is moving now, mm -hmm. if we don't distill things back to these core principles that you're talking about and making sure that we know what, that we're measuring what matters to get a little cliche, um, it, it, we're going to instantly become dinosaurs because it no longer takes a million years to become a dinosaur. It takes like 30 minutes of wrong decisions. It feels like, <laughs> <laughs> and so I feel like that's the importance of things like what Ryle's offering is it, you've got to, you've got to have that. So, I mean, is that what you're seeing as well? Just because of the speed of things right now, Ryle? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's just making sure that we have a holistic approach and a clear mind to saying, you know, let's, let's focus on what we can control. And let's adapt as we take every single action. Yeah, I love that. Focus and adapt. Um, so tell us a little bit more. I mean, I know you're you are you're looking at this from a macro perspective. I know from you know productive profits. You're talking really a lot about scaling and things like that. Tell us a little bit a little bit more about who you can help and how it is that you. Uh, kind of get into the nitty gritty a little bit of, of how you help them and how people can engage with you on that. Absolutely. So if you're a chief of staff, operations manager, founder, business owner, or you're just a very uh, worn out entrepreneur who wants to create certainty within your business and you're doing all the fulfillment work yourself or your team keeps making the same errors or you know things just don't seem to move forward, um, I would just highly encourage you the first steps are going to be this core operations training at yeah. dogoodwork.io forward slash essentials. Um, that's going to walk you through it. I think it's like 40, 45 minute training where it walks you through the worksheet and implementation of productive profits so that you can have a holistic pulse of what you can do and gives you options of how to move forward from there. Love that. So make sure that you um, go through that training. And my God, it's a free training and it could 
just in what I have read through or read in Productive Profits and and in this conversation and in studying a lot of Raul's stuff, um, I mean, it, it could really revolutionize your business, frankly, at this point. Um, <laughs> and I'm not, you know, I know that sounds dramatic and it sounds like I'm trying to sell you something. Raul has not slipped me any 20s behind the scenes or or uh, or offered any, you know, revenue sharing of of the millions upon millions of dollars that, that I'm sure all of you all will be giving to him soon. I'm joking. Um, but you know, no, but nothing- I think you're, you're on to something. It's the transformation that matters. Cause here, here's yeah. my secret agenda. Really. When you have certainty in your business, and I've seen this from the founders is that you have a state of confidence and then that confidence breeds over to the other areas of your life. And that's what really matters to me. Now I can't help those other areas of your life, but the small things that we can do together, um, that for me makes a difference. And that's what drives and keeps us going. And, you know, one of the things, and I want to make sure I mention this because it just came to my mind, um, and you've probably thought about this because you're you're an intelligent guy, but I think one of the things that I love about the way that you are distilling things down and that you're helping give founders and leaders that what I would call mental space to actually operate and grow their business, what you're really doing is you're priming the world for innovation because mm-hmm. when people are so caught up in the muck and the mire of running a business that they can't see the forest for the trees, people can't innovate. All they can do is survive. But what you're doing is you're taking people, in my opinion, you're transforming them from a state of survival to a state of thriving and innovation where they can actually make and affect positive change um, and bring new things to the marketplace and new ideas and new world changing products and services that could really change everything. I couldn't have said it better myself. I stole it from you, I'm sure. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, this is the difference. And, you know, again, everybody do goodwork.io slash essentials. Um, this is the the free resource that um, Raul has offered to anybody who's tuning in. You can go pick up and go through that workshop or that worksheet and training. And as I tell everybody, don't just go sign up for it. Get the worksheet do the worksheet. Um, and then, you know, once you see all of the amazing potential, reach out to our, to Raul. And in the meantime, pick up his book, Productive Profits, because this is going to be part of your work sh- worksheet, a workbook that you're going to want to work through um, to affect that enormous change in your company. With that, I mean, thank you again so much for tuning in, Raul. Any parting words before we start to sign off? Any parting words before we uh, let everybody go? No, I think uh, you. You thank you for having me here, and it's a really great to to be on. Um, again, with the book and with the worksheet itself, like the book is like the step by step of what it looks like working with me, and the worksheet itself. I know that the cliche free is is out there and stuff like that, but yeah. um, the value of that is actually around fifteen thousand dollars. That's not an arbitrary number. That's how much has been paid to do this training. So yeah. I want to make sure that uh, you know when you do this training, it's very simple. But I just want to make sure that you'll get that mental space and you'll get that clarity and what actions you need to take and how to install productive profits in your business. See, and there it is, guys. I mean, that's $15,000 training that he is allowing everyone here who's tuning in to get access to. Um, I've already gotten my stuff ready for it and I'm going to be going through it myself. So I, I don't care what you're doing, in my opinion. If you're if you're a leader or you're uh, in the process of of scaling your business, which we all want to do, I mean that's the reality. We all want to do it. Go through this training. If you're you're not, I promise you, Raul, from his from what I've from what I've read in his book, you're not going to be disappointed. Um, so with that, Raul, if you'll hang out for just a moment, I'll go ahead and close this out um, and get everybody prepped for our next live. So guys, with that again. 
Raul Hernandez, you want to make sure you check out this amazing value opportunity that he is giving you. Like he said, it is, it, you know, he is offering it to our listeners for free, but this is not a free product. Um, this is not something he threw together last night in his basement. Um, so make sure that you go to dogoodwork.io slash essentials and register for and pick up that worksheet and training. Uh, with that, we will be back live next Monday at 2 p.m. That's right. We're gonna, we will not be live this Thursday, but we will be live next Monday at 2 p.m. And we will be live with none, none other than Todd Capone. Um, and he will be here and we will be talking about the power of the transparent sale. So make sure you tune in then to get all of that amazing wisdom. He's got some funny stories that he and I are actually having a conversation about today. So I'm, I'm going to make him share some of those because those stories will blow your mind. But with that, I look forward to talking to you next week. And until then, I'm just here to remind you, either give value or don't even bother. <laughs>